Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to another episode of Real Presence Live as Father James Gross comes to you from the studios in the near Southside Historic District of uh, Grand Forks on what is a positively wintry day. And I am joined by my classmate and fellow priest of the diocese, Father Jason Leffer. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Father Gross. So it was a little hazardous, you were saying, coming Ooh, uh, yeah, in, yeah, around yeah. town here today. Yeah, around town, interstate and in town... Uh, many many vehicles in the ditch and the roads even grand forks plugged up with cars who've bumped into each other and are not going anywhere so it's it's oh, not a, not a good time to be out there driving so. yeah i mean for our friends in uh, warmer climes like wyoming or places like that, <laughs> um we uh, had a, a pretty pretty significant storm come through about a week ago and we are in winter mode i think and we'll stay there yeah, at I least locally until april a lot or so. of our listening area today i think it's like 40 50 mile an hour winds are coming in this afternoon and evening so it's going to be right pretty dangerous conditions out there and you know grand forks uh, the grand cities had about i think nine ten inches of snow but uh, some places near bismarck had a foot and a half already right. so that that flipped the script typically we would be the ones that would get twice as much snow as central or west North Dakota, but uh, wherever you happen to be, whatever you are up to today, we're very grateful that you're joining us, and we have some great conversations ahead in the next couple of hours, but as always, let's begin as we ought to with prayer, if I could call upon you, Father, to lead us. Absolutely. It requires a little introduction today, because as as everyone in the whole world knows, today is the feast day of Leffer, North Dakota. Dun, da, da, da. Um, it's the our patron saint of uh, St. Elizabeth of Hungary, so yes. she's the, so we'll definitely have to invoke her as well as we begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. God, our Father in heaven, we thank you, we praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. Father, may we be your great glory. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord, and giver of life into our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, our memories. Awaken all of our spiritual faculties. Heavenly Father, we pray this day through the power of your word. It may come uh, through this broadcast and touch our hearts and draw us ever closer to your son Jesus Christ and we call upon the intercession of Saint Elizabeth of Hungary as well as we make this prayer through Christ our Lord amen in the, name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit amen amen thank you very much father so um, at the at the very outset here, I am glad to uh, announce here, Father, that we are returning to a regular segment of ours, which we missed uh, last month, and so we're back. We, we, we need to get some sort of um, erudite-sounding sound <laughs> that accompanies our intro for this, you know, sauntering down literary lane. Sashaying. Yes, yes. And so to, to begin our sachet here, let's introduce our uh, regular guests for this segment. First of all, I, I heard Nancy over the phone here. We have Nancy Gord with us. Welcome back, Nancy. Well, thank you so much. And we also have a brother priest of ours from the Diocese of Fargo, Father William Slattery. Welcome back, Father. Good morning, everybody. All right, and Father is the uh, chaplain at um, uh, Sacred Heart Middle School and Shamley High School in Fargo. And you know, in order to introduce our topic, I guess there's only one thing that came to mind. 
It's alive. It's alive. So <laughs> if there is, if, if that's enough of a clue for people um, yeah. to, uh, uh, Nancy, why don't you go ahead and get us started with uh, what we are going to be discussing today? Well, our selection today is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, written in 1818. And we're going to be discussing this selection because of the way it transcends its time period. You know, it speaks of the responsibility scientists have toward their experimentation and its results. You know, what do you do with that empirical, that observed knowledge? And how do you treat or use the resulting product? Now, these are great concerns of today's world. Plus, it is a story of a tragic hero in the classic sense. A man who enjoys the love of family and friends, but he's brought down due to his obsessive and prideful use of the talents God gave him. Yeah, and Mary Shelley is the name of the author, a woman from Great Britain. If, if I remember correctly here, the, the kind of the story behind the um, how the novel came together is that she was vacationing in Switzerland with uh, family and friends, and there was, uh, that summer, there was excessive rain. So rather than to go out on uh, out uh, outdoor jaunts, uh, they were spending a lot more time indoors, and they were making up ghost stories or mm-hmm. kind of horror stories and so that was basically the seed for what we have in this novel correct 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 yeah and in actually the the movie which gives us that sort of classical creature look of the monster mm-hmm. uh, in the bride of frankenstein actually it starts out with that scene of the writers the poets the friends sitting around uh, in a parlor type situation. Yeah. So yes, you're you're absolutely correct. And Father Sutter and I were talking earlier in the week about the nature of it being a horror story because it's it's much more philosophical in nature. There also Father Slattery, could you help maybe for our audience who's not so familiar with this um First of all, we need to acknowledge Dr. Frankenstein is not the monster. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Well, but, well. But, the, but the next thing... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's going to be a whole other tangent <laughs> later on. But Father, could you introduce us to the, the, the way in which this novel is actually presented? I mean, if you were to pick up the book and read it, it's, it, has, it has a unique literary form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the unique literary form of uh, Frankenstein is it's kind of a, a series of... of uh, letters and, and different points of view uh, of, of the characters, and you kind of get uh, three, three points of view. You get uh, one, this explorer uh, who is going to the Arctic on exploration, in which he encounters then uh, Dr. Frankenstein, who's uh, kind of chasing frantically this figure on the ice and is stranded. Um, and that encounter then is outlined the story then of the doctor, his whole history, um, and then the creation of the monster, and then the the monster then gives his own viewpoint. And so you kind of have this uh, um, kind of uh, movement between these uh, vantage points uh, through the story um, that kind of creates this uh, complex philosophical um, yeah story on on the reality of of life, of existence, and uh, of of creation. It's kind of a it's very beautiful, but also profound. And then also, historically, and I know, um, Nancy, you kind of alluded a little bit here, but 
Father, so right at the time when this is being written, it's really electricity is a really big mm-hmm. deal. Can can yes. you clue us into what's happening historically that feeds into how this novel came about? Yeah, well, I think there's two things that I would point to. Not only electricity. So you've got Benjamin Franklin, you know, kind of a height of uh, you know our, our our American culture at this time period. He was also like part of the National Royal Society in England <laughs> before become a revolutionary uh, just uh, his studies in electricity uh, through this time period like they're um, like focusing too on the uh, understanding of the central nervous system and the link with electricity and the, uh, of how it animates the body um, um, through the central nervous system but, uh, at the height of this too is also like in in Europe um, and as uh, the celebration of uh, the practice of of autopsies Right, the scientific field of like autopsies were public events in this time period in which people could go, especially scientists, and they uh, became almost a show of those who physicians mm-hmm. performing these, um, you know, would would basically show off their talents and um, again dissect uh, the body. And there's a lot of great knowledge that was going on at this time as well. But then the questions, especially of humanity, uh, come out uh, in this period of uh, the dignity of the body. Um, the role, especially of, of of science and ethics, is kind of a focal point here. Right, and there was a lot of advancement going on in science. Chemistry was really advancing as a field as well. But interestingly enough, when you read the book, the term natural philosophy is used because the word science hadn't been coined yet to be used relating to these studies. Yes, yes, it's a very helpful thing to remember during the course of it. Um, so uh, let, let's, for those who are just joining us, uh, we have Nancy Gord and Father William Slattery with us discussing the novel Frankenstein. I guess there's um, uh, another, like an alter, the modern Prometheus, I guess, is sort mm-hmm. of an alternate mm-hmm. title for this novel, which was written in 1818, a little over two centuries ago. And certainly later on this uh, conversation, we'll be talking also about the uh, the cultural impact. Why is it that this paradigm has become so enduring and that it bubbles up you know in fact uh, i'm gonna have to restrain myself from quoting from the mel brooks movie from 50 years <laughs> ago <laughs> young, young frankenstein. <laughs> it's frankenstein <laughs> anyway yeah. um so uh tell us about some of the um uh some of the key elements that really stand out to you um in this book and in this story well father mentioned the three narrators because you hear this this story told through two, or I'm sorry, three different storytellers. But another key element in this book is just the way that Robert Louis Stevenson developed the prototype of the pirate. Mary Shelley developed the prototype of the mad scientist. So you have that, as well as all the themes, the destruction of innocence and goodness, the need for friendship and companionship, uh, and super, uh, superficial beauty. You know, you know. I think one of the myself with the novel. I'm, I'm, I'm really. I, in some ways, I'm almost taken more by the person Mary Shelley than the novel. In some ways, just her history and what goes into this. That, um, like her, for example, her mom died oh. at like right. She was her, yeah. her birth. Her, and her, right. But her, her her mom was. Uh, what I, I guess the language we'd use today, a radical feminist, you know, kind of a, right. her, her yeah. background. And her, her and her dad wanted to honor his wife by raising uh, Mary Shelley with that philosophical background and expression of life. 
and 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 really what she went through kind of comes out in in this novel and one of those key things and maybe father slaughter you could you could touch on this um if we think about dr frankenstein's monster or his creature that he 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 creates here it's it's like life coming forth without the woman life coming forth without Mm -hmm. mother you know, life, and, and, if, and if we contrast that with, you know, God's design of creation, the essential nature of the woman for creation, but also redemption, right? That it, we don't get redemption or creation apart from the woman, and this is how God has, in his great design, um, what, what, what kind of things, what kind of themes or things come out here in this story when, when we look at life apart from the woman as God designed it? Well, I think it goes right to the core, particularly of the the conflict between Frankenstein and uh, and also the monster um, is is that reality of of, of being created um, without the concept of love. Uh, like, I mean, you know, in the movies always portray this like you know in in a more dramatic fashion than you actually get in the novel of like the creation account of of the of the monster. Um, you know, there's this, this sense of like some giant tower with the lightning and all that, and it's uh, it's not quite how it's portrayed. Um, but what's captured, particularly, I think, dramatically by Shelley in that is that reality of like the the monsters created just from the hubris and um, just pride and desire of of the doctor, the mad scientist, as as Nancy said, uh, the prototype, and in that uh, immediately once he creates the monster, it comes to life. Uh, Frankenstein flees out of horror, mm-hmm. and so you just have this uh, uh, complete nature of rejection in which the monster exists um, outside of love. And I think uh, you know, going to that heart of uh, you know the role, especially of of the woman and nurturing, the role particularly of uh, one and God in creating. As we mm-hmm. you know talk about God as the you know He is love Himself, and so as He creates, it isn't just some um, aspect of His power uh, that does it. Um, but it is his nature that is also reflected in creation. And so you have this uh, horror that gets translated into the monster, uh, the horror of Frankenstein, the rejection of Frankenstein, that turns ultimately into the conflict between them. Well, we have only just dipped our toes into this conversation, Mm -hmm. and so we'll be coming back to uh, take up more of these themes as we are speaking about the novel Frankenstein by Mary Shelley with Nancy Gord and Father Slattery. We will continue this conversation on the other side of the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. 
Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father Jason Leffer joining me, Father James Gross, priest of the Diocese of Fargo, here uh, snug in our uh, Grand Forks studios as a wintry scene of light snow showers is uh, greeting us outside the window. And uh, that may be the case in a great many places as we are listening to the program today. At the bottom of the hour, we will begin our Straight Talk segment. And I like to give out that number ahead of time, 877-795-0122. You can also leave questions on our Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. So, Father Slattery and Nancy, we are visiting about the novel Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, and we were starting to get into some of these things that we notice from a Catholic perspective. So, Father, if I could have you just kind of uh, continue these thoughts that we were uh, diving into before the um, uh, before the break with regard to what we could say about um, Victor uh, Frankenstein, what that character brings out um, as you read it from uh, a Catholic perspective. Yeah, and as Father Leffer kind of launched in, is just that kind of uh, sense of incomplete creation, of creation without a, uh, the sense of the mother, or not outside the nature of love. Like, that is, again, the heart of the conflict between uh, Victor Frankenstein and, the, and his creation, the monster. Um, and I think, like, part of that is, like, Victor himself lost his mother at an early age. That's kind of part of that narrative and the kind of tale of the story. Um, and, like, again, reflecting even the author, like, that search for... Uh, for that love and connection, right? That's kind of one of the things that drives him to the study of alchemy, the study of kind of natural philosophy, and this fascination with what becomes kind of the occult at that time, which would be the scientific endeavor uh, to master death. Um, I think this all weaves itself together in, in how this uh, search for kind of conquering the reality of death outside of God uh, leads to this horrific creation. Nancy and I were kind of talking earlier about the fact of like, you know, like why does why does you know Victor Frankenstein choose to make his creatures so ugly? <laughs> well, <laughs> Which and is so one large. Of the, one of the so yeah, so big. large, right? So so like eight feet so or whatever. And then and he just, yeah. yes. 
And then, well, you know, and so it's just that reality of like a failure, failure of like the intention of scientists of like how we as human beings are so lost in like how we create things. We don't do it perfectly. And so that nature of God is perfect love, is perfect intention uh, to nourish us into creation is lost in that. Um, and it results in horror. So, Nancy, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, what happens when you're rejected by the Creator? You're rejected by the Father. And this creature, and you see it in more than one instance in the novel, desires to be good. He wants to be good. He saves a, a very young person. Uh, he it becomes enamored of the family he observes uh, hidden in a hidden fashion for a period of time. He wants to connect with them. He wants to be good. But here again, it goes to the superficiality of beauty. People are appalled by his horrific appearance. And they flee from him. They want to destroy him. And then it becomes the horror originally is the look of the creature. And then the horror becomes his murderous rampage. You know, and again, I just like running through. I, I can't help but make connections with Shelley's own life and these themes, Nancy, you just brought up. Like even, like a, a mother's loving gaze. You know, the, the maternal mm-hmm. affection. The and even the, the the creature's desire for a spouse. You know, I mean, just well, like you. Go ahead. Right. I was just going to say that earlier. Someone mentioned the redemptive nature of woman. And here the creature desires a female companion. And Frankenstein actually works towards that, but he is so concerned they'll become kind of this murderous duo and just wreak havoc on humanity. But he doesn't look at all at the possible redemptive qualities of this companion that could be brought to the creature through the love and the friendship. It's, I mean, it's it's always constantly flirting, like with the rejection of the feminine, or being informed by the feminine, or just I mean, I, I mean, you just can't escape that throughout the whole novel. Like the the power, the power of this. You know, Father Slattery, I'm I'm curious too. Like, you know, the, this kind of question about well, who should read this, or why why would be or why would anybody why would some practicing Christian or practicing Catholic why should they read a horror story? Why, but could you, could you speak to that? Like, why would it be so beneficial for we in the modern world and the, the things that we deal with in the modern world, why would it be so important to be exposed to this classic horror story? Well, I think one, I mean, because I think we can easily kind of relate to the, the struggle to the monster um, in that pursuit and like the need for love of like how understanding the reality of sin as rejection and how in our actions, how many insane things we do um, because of the struggle we have with that desire for love. Um, I think there's a way that that speaks to us of like, again, why then we look to our Father, not just merely as kind of cold creator, but the relationship of love that's there. Um, I would say that that would be one of them. Um, I think inherently, too, is that question of like, uh, you know, we can do things, right? So the scientific age that still is yes. part of mm-hmm. our identity, like how much we can do, um, but the question of the why and how, and how this affects humanity, I think that's a great question, and the, I think horror story has its great capacity to be able to um, speak yeah. to that in a way that is profound, is convincing, um, it, it is more universal than just like attacking like 
you know, should we do in vitro fertilization? Should we, you know, have surrogacy? Like some of these ethical right. questions that are of our age, um, it has a greater universal quality to be able to get to I'm, the core and heart of these questions. I'm glad that you brought that up, Father, because there is this modern tendency to uh, lionize everything, you know, within scientific uh, uh, a laboratory in terms of, you know, what is possible rather than to look at the the ramifications, whether it whether it should be done, things like that. You know, and, and, and this, you know, something that's just prominent everywhere right now and it, what makes me think of, and I was just reading some articles from... Um, Unfortunately, people who've gone through this, but the whole the whole question of trans transsexualism right now, like the I mean, gender dysphoria, gender dysphoria, all, but, but literally using quote healthcare to li- literally turn human beings into monsters. I mean, I don't do either of you have thoughts on that. Well, one thing, one of the messages of this novel is that you need to take personal and professional responsibility, and again. Because you can do something, should you do something? And you have to tread very, very, very carefully with human beings and the nature of life. Mm. And I, I think that one thing about Frankenstein is that he creates this life and he immediately rejects it and flees. And everyone suffers because of it. We just have to be very, very careful as we move forward with scientific advancement. Are these things to be done? You know, again, it just makes me think of Pope John Paul II and Theology of the Body and just how essential it is to have a basic, core, working knowledge of the dignity of the human person. That I mean, I mean, we it just needs to be taught at every level from you know, kindergarten all the way to doctoral studies to actually have a proper understanding of human nature and and what it because like you say, Nancy, if if we're going to approach the human person or any of these things that we can do, you know, a, apart from love, we're, we're going to end up with a monster and we're going to end up with destruction or self-destruction or world destruction or I mean, it, it just goes hand in hand if if we don't cooperate with the nature that God has placed in us. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we started our discussion today, we clarified that Frankenstein is not the monster. You know, the creature, the monster is that. But that, again, look at what monstrous things that Frankenstein did. And one of the ones I point to all the time is he not only was prideful and using his talents to act as God, he did that, but then he was not like our God who loves us. He takes a look at now what he considers to be the monstrosity that he's animated, and he runs from it. You know, God the, will never run from us, ever. You know, and again, on just kind of that personal level with Shelley, I mean, I don't, if you look into her personal life, the, the, the doctor, the older man who became her lover who rejects her, in real life, I mean, I mm-hmm. this, it's almost like an autobiography of, you know, describing what she's experienced from the rejection of the mother, the rejection of the doctor, all, all these kind of things. And I think this stuff strikes home, like in a real way, in a personal way, in all of our lives where we're mm-hmm. wounded. And, the, and like you, you said, Nancy, earlier, it's so powerful. He really wanted to be good. He was mm-hmm. looking to be good. And nothing supported him around him to give him the opportunity to be good you know right 
Yeah. As we're wrapping up this time here, um, let's look ahead and see if uh, either of you have been mulling over a possibility of uh, what we would uh, address in this segment for our next time. Well, we had talked about doing a short story. It's actually a memoir by Truman Capote, A Christmas Memory, which is, again, speaks of family and love. Uh, between two people considered to be eccentric and uh, should be an an easy read and a wonderful discussion. Very good. That kind of whets our appetites. I'll I'll throw this out there. Teresa, Command Central, I asked her this morning, what would she be? She said the Scarlet Pimpernel, which I I love the Scarlet Pimpernel, too. So we can throw that one in the literary bin for the future. Yes, yes. We're looking ahead to 2023. Yes. (laughs) And before I let you go, before I let you folks go, I have to mention uh, congratulations, Father Slattery, to your uh, Shamley Deacons, who are the state champions and 11 AA uh, high school football this year. So uh, I'm sure their chapel and taught the boys all that they know, right? Oh, at least, uh, you know, how, how to suffer well through the season and, and uh, experience the cross that brings victory, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Nancy yeah. and Father, uh, welcome. Uh, we're, we're very grateful to have you uh, uh, with us, and uh, we really look forward to our next visit. Uh, blessings to you um, as you go about your day. All right, thank, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you both. Very good. Well, on the other side of the break, it'll be time to hear from you. What questions do you have, things that you've wanted to know but have not yet been able or courageous enough to ask about uh, God, about the church, about faith? Our Straight Talk segment is coming up. 877-795-0122 is that number. And we'll be taking your questions after this. Please uh, stay with us here on Real Presence Live. Live. Engaging and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 